welcome to the Sell Well Do Good podcast. I'm your host, Andy Narricott, and I'm speaking to Scott Roy, CEO of Witten & Roy Partnership, to celebrate the release of the book, Sell Well Do Good. In this episode, we look into the psychological aspects of human behavior and how managers can really care for their sales team rather than putting this downward pressure on them to perform. And I'm your guinea pig in this episode. I hope you enjoy as much as I did. So how do you make this radical shift for for people to help them stop pitching and uh, apply this new way of this very much a consultative coaching kind of way to get people to understand the cost of their problem? Yeah, it's just it's a, it's a it's a major revelation for people, quite frankly, and this is all part this part and parcel of our our training methodology, which is exposing people to what they think selling is. You see, and we do this. We have an exercise we do with people. It's great. It's a it's called the good customer bad customer exercise. Okay, and or actually good. I'm sorry. It's a good the good seller the bad seller exercise, right? And so what we do is we is we ask people to think about a time that they have been sold to by somebody. Someone has sold them something. And we ask them to think about a good experience of doing it. And we ask them, what's a bad experience of that happening? And so then we ask three questions. We ask them to, to think about a very specific customer, or excuse me, a very specific uh, uh, buying experience where uh, you know, each of these is is fully revealed. And the three questions are, number one, you know, what did the salesperson do or say that made it a bad experience or made it a good experience? What did they do or say? What What's the data? Because there's data, right? And then secondly, is it, what do you think they were thinking <laughs> that would cause them to do that? And you can't possibly know what it was that they were thinking, but if you could imagine what they were thinking, what do you think they might have been thinking to cause them to either do it in a bad way or do it in a good way? You see? And then the third question is, you know, how does it how do you feel or what is the impact on you when people sell in this way, both a good way and the bad way? I love this exercise because it it you know, people get in pairs and they share with each other and then they share with a group. This is in a training situation. Mm. And it's so amazing because right in front of you, right out of people's own experiences, they know right away what is what is good selling and what is bad selling. We don't need to tell them what good selling or bad selling is. Does that make sense? Yeah, and this is you're getting people to to see it un, unfold. You're not telling them; you're getting them to experience it, right? Yeah, which is our training methodology. I mean, our training methodology essentially, when we're working with a client. It's, it's really powerful because we're not up there showing PowerPoints, <laughs> you know, <laughs> sort of going through a deck and, and telling people, you should learn this. What we do is we do something called experiential transformational training, all right? And it's a very powerful thing to do with people because if we can get them to come up with the answers, then they own it. It's a very human-centered mm. training experience and very much the selling methodology is very human centered as well. You say, so it all aligns. So the training methodology is human centered. The selling methodology is human centered and the management system is also human centered, you say. And so we, we, we really strongly believe that fundamentally people on the inside want to do good. They want to do the right things. They, 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 they want to 
allow their brilliance to come out and to and to really be effective at what they do. We we trust that. And so what we do is we keep creating conditions where that's possible. See? So part of this radical shift is not just teaching them a different method, but it's actually addressing their attitude towards selling. You know, this is the A, C, and E of race. We, you know, we need to help, you know, if somebody reads our book, Sell Well, Do Good, they're, they're going to want to really read it and understand what they're going to need to do in order to change their own attitude towards selling so that they can lead their own, their people to change their attitude towards selling, you say. And so it's a, that's, that's the methodology we use is to help people sort of break out of this sort of autopilot belief of what selling is and what I have to do to sell. So it's really tapping into people's inherent desire to 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 be better, to improve their selves, and to you know to improve their the work that they do and the results that they're producing. Yeah, we want them to be proud of it. We don't want them to be selling in such a way where they aren't proud of what they do. We want we want the salesperson to be proud. We want the manager to manage in such a way as to really see the human being that's there who's giving it their best shot. That, that manager who's, or the, the salesperson who, you know, maybe may even be paid on a very low base or no base at all. You know, they're out there struggling to make ends meet financially. And we want managers not just to, be, you know, not just to beat them over the head and say, hey, you know, go out and hit your target, hit your target, hit your target. But we want managers to treat them as human beings in a way of saying, well, tell me about how you did today. Oh, you didn't sell anything. Wow, that must have been difficult for you. Tell me about tell me about your day. How many presentations did you make? How many, you know, how many stops did you make? Let me get some data here, right? Let me let me do my mini race discovery. This is how I used it, by the way. I used it when I was managing people. Is I would listen to people for the first fifteen minutes or so and just hear, you know, in, in a thirty minute conversation, or if I had fifteen minutes with them, for the first half of that, I would gather the data. Tell me about your day. What was difficult about it? What was easy about it? Well, you know, what did you like? What did you not like? Okay. What do you want to do more of tomorrow? What do you think you need to do in order to improve? You say, and, or if they're really discouraged to say, well, you know, you see, you sound really discouraged. So, you know, tell me, you know, what, what are you telling yourself about the job, about your customers, about the product you're selling? Tell me about that. You say it's a very different approach than what most people do in management. Most people in management are so hooked on the on the number that they are being pressured from above to hit because they need to hit a target that they then in turn put pressure on salespeople to hit that target mm-hmm. and that sort of downward pressure on people is one of the best ways to make sure that you have low productivity high churn rates and awful sales culture where people hate the job so if you want to create that, just keep doing that downward pressure thing. Okay. Now, if you want to create a different culture, and I, I didn't invent this, by the way, I was taught this by the company that I started with back when I was 20 and 21, I was managing a team and they said, Scott, the kind of, of sales management you want to do is what we call upward pressure management, as opposed to downward pressure management, upward pressure management finds out what people want. What is it? What is their desire? What do they want to achieve? And my job as a sales manager then is to help them learn the things they need to do in order to succeed at that job. 
That's upward pressure management. And that's what we teach organizations is how to install that approach to selling and sales management. It's upward pressure with customers and it's upward pressure with, with sales, sales people as how they're treated by sales managers. And then it goes up to the next level too, is if you're a CEO or head of sales, then you treat those sales managers with that same sort of human centered respect. You mentioned deep desire as well. This uh, this is a term that comes up a lot in your book. Um, is that what you talk about? Is that what you refer to as, you know, tapping into inside what's inside them and working up? Sure. Yeah. So let me give you an example. Are you willing to role play something with me? Please, yeah. For, for real, actually, not to. Uh, okay. <laughs> yeah, I don't want you to make this up. Okay. So. Tell me about a goal that you're going for, Andy. What do you? What do you? Something real in your life right now you're going for. Um. So I want to. Uh, I want to develop a business side of of my consulting, uh, a product side. So to develop a product to sell. Okay, you want to develop a product to sell, and you, and when you say that, you, I don't need to know the details of the product, but do you have a clear picture of that? Or what the product is? Um, I'm still, I've got a good idea. I've got a good idea, but there's a lot to, to develop. Okay. So you've got a picture of it. You've got like a vision of it and you're beginning to work on the details of how that vision is actually going to be fulfilled, right? That's right. That's what you're saying. Okay. So tell me, why is that important to you? Um, well, I want to, um, so I want to, I want to get away from just selling my time to be quite frank with you. Um, I'm a consultant and, um, you know, there's a, I want to do, do the best I can for my family. And, uh, you know, I want to want to move beyond that ceiling of what I can do with just my time. Um, so I'm, I'm quite interested in business. Okay. So essentially you, you're as a consultant, you're selling your time and what you're really wanting to do is you're wanting to create a business that's going to create more, it sounds like more income, more, uh, impact, et cetera. It's, it sounds like that's what you're going for. That's and, right. And, yeah. and, you want, and you want to provide for your family and you want to do that because of what? Well, you know, being a father is something that is life-changing for me. And um, mm. I just want to do the best. I be the best version of what that could be for myself. Mm. Um, so, you know, I want to A, demonstrate what it means to be uh, a good father, but also provide and give my kids, any, you know, whatever, don't let them lack for opportunity. Right. So, yeah. Yeah. So you're, you're seeing your, your position in life now as a dad, as a father, and you've got your, your kids and you're wanting to not only provide for them, but you're also wanting to be an example for them. It sounds like. And so, so tell me, tell me, you know, you want to do that because why? Why Why is that so important to you? You know, I think it's just, I've won the lottery being born in this era, in this age, in this country, you know, with the running water from the tap and, you know, reasonable standard of living. And I don't want to take that for granted. I've been dealt a, a good hand. I want to make the best of that hand. Yeah. So, you know, I just really believe that's that's the best you can do with with life. Huh. Wow. So it sounds like you're, you're just really coming to grips with what you've been given and, and what you have at your disposal, the, the era that you've been born in. 
And you want to do the best you can with that, not just take it for granted. Yeah? That's right. Okay. Well, so what when you think about your project you've got, which is building a product, what do you what's your next step? What would you do after this telephone call, after we're finished here, you know, maybe later today, what's one thing that will take you farther along toward that? One step. Not not the whole journey, just one step. Well, I'll probably reflect on the data that I've managed to gather so far in testing out this this product I have a, an idea for and uh, um, reflect on that and see, right, you know, have I got everything I need? What's the next version of this product? How can I sort of quickly and cheaply do another sort of test to mm-hmm. actually maybe what I need to do is to find some assumptions, some things that I'm taking for granted actually need to be tested. Mm-hmm. and find a way to test that kind of easily quickly and easily okay well it sounds like that sounds like quite a big step what you're referring to so that's good what would be the very first step toward that the, like like for example that you could do in 10 minutes or 2 minutes or one half hour there's something you could put in your diary that says okay on that day this is what i'm actually going to do and mm. at this time and this day what would it be well, you know what? I mean, I, I got this idea from a friend of mine who is an incredible, incredible businessman. And uh, he's he's also in the field of po- podcasting. Hmm. And um, I'd like to have a conversation with him and find out more because I'm give, I've given this some serious thoughts since we first talk, uh, talked about it. And uh, I'd like to, I've got a ton more questions. So maybe I can schedule a call with him. And uh, the next step after that would be to sort of get down what are those questions I want to ask. Okay. So so the next step for you then, the very next step is to... Is to send him an email. <laughs> Bingo. When, when will you do that? Straight after this call. All right. There you go. All right. So that's an example of how you tap into people's brilliance and their deep desire. Amazing. What did you learn from that? What did you well, learn from that? I mean, you know, you've you've given me a profound experience that I won't forget, and I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna take action on it. Um, and and it and it really, yeah, it just took something quite simple um, and related it back to my family, <laughs> what I want out of life. Yeah. And who 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 talked about family? Was that what I said or what you did? Yeah, it was me. It was you. You see, the brilliance is inside of you. My job as a manager or as a coach or as a teacher, is to figure out a way for you to find it. Does that make sense? Absolutely. You see? And that's in, in great sales management. I think you can see the parallel, can't you? Yeah. Even though this is this is real. I mean, we, we didn't make this up. I mean, this is real on, on this recording. But you could also see that if you were a salesperson, I could engage you in the same kind of conversation. And here, you know, what did it take? Seven minutes? Eight minutes? Mm. Is that a good use of my time as a manager? Mm. Or would it be better if I just sort of lambasted you for, you know, for, for missing your sales target today and threatening you with your job unless you begin to sell more? You know, I'm full, of, I'm full of energy and I'm, I can't wait to get out there and do my job. Yeah. Exactly. You see, the thing is that the, the reason people don't do this as managers is because, A, they don't know how to do it and they don't know they should be doing that. Okay. And number two is that their attitude gets triggered 
when a salesperson presents subpar results or results that are not going to lead toward hitting a target that's important to the business. Okay. This is true, by the way, for CEOs and COOs and you know everyone up and down the, the, the leadership ladder. Okay. So number one, the salesperson misses their target. So are they feeling good or are they feeling bad typically? Mm. Right. They're not going to, they're, they're feeling bad. So, so to speak. Right. Okay. Then the sale walks into the sales manager and he says, here's what I did today. And then the sales manager gets shocked into that and looks at the bad results. And then they kind of rag on the person and, you know, their attitude is down based on that person's performance. The manager reports those numbers up the line to the CEO or whoever it is, the head of sales. Head of sales looks at those numbers all rolled up with all the sales people and the targets are missed. And, you know, then they take another attitudinal hit. You see the importance of attitude here, mm. you say. And it's just that there's something that causes us to do this. And this is basically how we've developed as human beings over the years and how our brains develop. And we judge things either being good or bad, you say. And when we judge them as being bad, we act in certain ways. You know, we act fearfully, we act angrily, we act, you know, resentfully. Uh, you know, we, we, we sometimes uh, say things that we wish we hadn't said, right? So when people do things that we don't, that we didn't expect or didn't want them to do, you know, then we get surprised. And when you're surprised in, in, a, in a negative way, then you'll have a reaction that puts you into what we call a, a state of autopilot. And you begin to repeat some of the same behaviors over and over again that continue to generate the same result, you say. But this is all how we're wired as human beings. It's, it's how uh, a human being basically judges something as whether or not it's good or bad. And it's all based on deep psychology. But the bottom line is, is that, is that we need to manage in a way that breaks that cycle.